Liz Forshaw. Welcome to Sisterhood HQ. Ah, hello, lovely darling. Now, for all our listeners, Liz, will you describe yourself for us? Oh, describe myself. Yeah. Um, like what I do or me as a person. Oh God, not you as a person. We'll be here all evening <laughs> day. What you do? Um, basically, um, I help people to be their best self and create their best life through um, retraining their brain, learning about themselves through psychology and creating the real ideal of the future that they want to live and help them create it. That's what I do. Amazing. And that is so important and so important to people's lives. But today what I want to do is I want all our listeners to know where you've come from, how you've got there, the trials, the tribulations you've faced, just so they know your journey. So let's go back all the way to the beginning of Liz. Young Liz. <laughs> she like Young Liz. Um I've always been very, very determined, but I feel like um the things that we go through in life create our strengths, don't mm. they? You know, the um the ups and the downs. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. What was your childhood like, Liz? Um, I had a lovely childhood up until I was about 10. And then things went um, on a downhill spiral for me from there. I had things go on at home that I didn't have the tools to manage um, emotionally or mentally. And um, I struggled quite a lot when I was younger. <laughs> um, I was in foster care as well when I was young. Um, and I feel... I did struggle as well in school academically, but within school, they were putting it down to the, that I was struggling at home. So didn't really pick up on my learning either. So I just felt um, as a child, I, I was just struggling all around, to be honest, as a child. Do you feel like because you had all those troubles and everything that you missed out on your education? So do you feel like you slipped through the net? Um. I feel like if I was focused and obviously I didn't have all those worries at that time, then I would have been able to, um, like cognitively, I would have been able to learn. But if I'm being honest, um, the education system and the way it works um, didn't support my learning style anyway. So I think even if I was able to focus, I I, I wasn't really being taught in a way that I could learn. So mm, I don't know. You've now discovered that you're dyslexic as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I um, I'd went back to education and then when I was thirty, found out that I was dyslexic, and I was like, oh, so that's why everything fell into place. But it's just mad that you can go to school and you're around all these professional people and no one identified that. That was where you slept, slipped through the net list. Not only was you having your problems at home, the school had a responsibility to to identify your that that you had learning difficulties in that way yeah I believe that they were putting everything down to um the problems that I had at home like behavioral issues and stuff where really it was real frustration because I couldn't understand what I was being taught and that is a good thing I remember when I was in school is that like if you were naughty you'd get through in the corridor I remember getting put in a fucking cupboard to be quite honest locked in a cupboard <laughs> Imagine that now. I think now that the schools and the education system has got that so much better because there is so much support. But when we were in school, there wasn't, was there? No, no, definitely not. Um, I know the schools are getting much better now with the likes of mindfulness. And they did have people there that you could talk to for, like, emotional support. Um, 
And I did use that in my like seniors type of thing. I was going every week to sort of just have someone to speak to. But I don't feel like there was any type of acknowledgement for my learning style. It was just sort of being naughty. I think that's brave as well. Like even as a teenager, you've gone to speak to someone for support because if I go back to my teenage years, not a fucking chance would I have gone and spoke to anyone because I was too arrogant to think I was too cocky. So I think that you've always, it sounds like you've always had that in yet to be able to go and say, well, do you know what? Yeah, I do need to talk about things. So that's very admirable as well, even at a young age. Well, I feel like around that time, well, I, I tried to take my own life at that age. Oh. Um, yeah, I took, um, I took an overdose when um, I think I was about, right, I think I was 13. So I was, I was literally like screaming out for someone to talk to, you know, I knew that I needed help and I didn't know how to process my own thoughts and my own emotions. And there was no one around me who knew how to do that either. And that's how come I've ended up doing what I'm doing today. Oh, do you know what all I wanted to do right now was come and give you a massive hug and a kiss because I love you anyway. You're like my little sister. So I've known Liz for years and years and years and years. I had a bar in ancient many, many years ago. And Liz, for sure, popped up. Never <laughs> wild. But I want to be around people who are successful. I want to be around people who are successful. And it was, oh my God, this kid has got so much determination. So young Liz has now come up. You was a little bit wild, weren't you, Elizabeth? In my teenage years, yeah, I was quite rebellious. And I think that's partly one of the reasons why I ended up in care, to be honest, because I decided at that point that because I'd struggled so much, I wasn't listening to anybody. And I decided that as a child, I'm not going to listen to anybody. And so I decided my own path. It's so young and I think it's so important, the people that we surround ourselves by, does that saying, isn't they, the... Is it the top five people you spend the most time with is what you become? And it's a psychological fact as well, isn't it? We The people that we're around, we sort of take on their um, their traits a little bit. Like they yeah. rub off. You end up talking like them and everything. And I do it all the time and think, oh my God, I've just sounded exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? You use the same words, you start acting like them. You yeah. become a person. So yeah, I totally get that. So you... Working wise as a teenager, what did you do? Um, as a teenager, I had um God, I had lots of different jobs. Um I worked on the markets. Um as I got to my later teens, I worked as a croupier in the casino. Oh, I Um, I worked as a croupier in the casino nights. Um, I used to do from 10 at night till six in the morning. Then I had a day job in the body shop. And then I had like um, a sort of little business for like body shop parties as well. So I had like three jobs around that time. But you had to do what you had to do to pay your rent. You've always been a little grafter, haven't you? Yeah, always, always. So your first business, I remember this, God. Your first business was... The photo studio. Tell me about that. Oh my god! You know, I um, that was two thousand and ten. Um, I opened the photography studio, and in in my mind, I'm I've always been quite a visionary. I've never been um, like this is where I'm gonna stay type of thing with me environment. Mm-hmm. So when I started the studio, it was important to me to. You know, if you can't scale something, that's one of my values. If I can't scale it, then I'm not doing it, as well as making a difference. And I found when I started the studio, um, 
a lot of children were coming through the doors and I seen the difference, you know, the before the shoot to after the shoot. And I found that I really enjoyed um, like motivating them, like, let me see you smile. Like, I lo really loved that side of it. And after the studio, it sort of went into um, like a model journey. And we used to have academy days and the academy days is where the children were taught confidence. And it went from a photography studio into a confidence building journey. Yeah, it, it was amazing. I remember taking Caitlin there and you had all the, no one had done anything like this before, neither list, did they? And you had yeah. all the backdrops and everything else. And it was like a full model experience, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember taking backdrops. Yeah. Like being a model for the day, because I remember our Caitlin coming out thinking she was Naomi Campbell. It's like, yeah. calm down, girl. Yeah. <laughs> what? So that, so that was how it all began in this small shop in County Road. And what was born from there, Liz? Because this was the next big chapter, wasn't it? Yeah. The, after that, I, was, I had the studio for about five years. And then after that, I decided I was going to franchise the business. So um, a franchise LMI, I think it was. Just fast forward and too much, go back. What was next big after that then? LMI. That was LMI. No, what you're <laughs> what? <laughs> saying about franchise and we haven't got to the bit where we've done the whole LMI where you were hiding the echo of reading and everything. Can we go back? Everyone's going to love this bit. <laughs> I miss something else. Right, so... Elizabeth, I said <laughs> before we started recording as well. She's like, "Hey, Kate, what happened there?" I'm like, "Right, this is what happened." Yeah. Um, so what happened was, I'll be, I'll tell you what happened for this next bit. So from <laughs> the shop on County Road, Elizabeth started LMI, which was children's modelling. She went from this shop on County Road to having her head offices in Rodney Street. It was absolutely gorgeous. She was putting on events in the Hilton. They were selling out. It was all over social media. She was putting it out that 100 kids could enter and there was like a 1,000 kids entering. So do you want to pick it up from there, girl? Because it's your story. <laughs> yeah, so, right, that was it. So it started with studio. To me, LMI is all one big thing. So it's like... It started as a photography studio and then it went into the events from there. So what we done was um, from just being inside the studio, we went into the academy days where it started to be a confidence journey. So as we were talking about then, the another part of that was like on the runway. So what used to happen is we'd have a journey where they come in, they get the photographs taken and then they do an outside shoot. And then they would do a confidence process, like a day to build them up and practice and stuff. And then the fourth day was the big, massive, like showcase where the yeah. children were parents would come and watch them and they would do a runway show in different outfits to show them what they'd learned. And they basically make their outfits from recycled materials and some of the things, oh my God, that the kids used to make full on outfits out of like McDonald's cups. <laughs> Some of them are fantastic. I, I went to every one of the events, you see, because Caitlin used to sing for Liz at all the events. She was only a baby as well, and Liz used to have her up building her confidence on the stage. So I witnessed everyone. And I tell you what, girls, they were absolutely fabulous. At the time, she was only young as well. And you're looking at her thinking, fucking hell, look where she's come from, to where she is. I, I've always looked at her like my little sister. So I've always been ultra, ultra proud of her thinking, 
oh my god we're sitting in like a room in the hill and it was decorated like you hadn't seen before this is going back before flower walls and bloom walls and everything else like a wedding wasn't it <laughs> yeah so there'd be big centerpieces on the table the judging panels it was absolutely phenomenal for phenomenal i can't get me weird so phenomenal phenomenal <laughs> it was phenomenal we had it was and it was brilliant it was just a boss atmosphere wasn't it Liz yeah oh I absolutely loved it like those show days for me we used to count down the sleeps so we'd go five more sleeps four more sleeps and the kids would drink how long left how many days ah. I used to be like oh and we ended up doing that four times a year so what you've done was as well started in Liverpool then you grew it didn't you yourself you took it up to Glasgow yeah yeah so basically I I loved the process of the business and the business model itself it was created where you only had to be inside the studio at a certain amount of time because on the events and other things you could be working on that from wherever you was so mm. I sort of created a model that worked around making a difference what I wanted to do have an impact but also having the freedom as the business yeah. owner and I um, I decided at that point that I wanted to franchise it. So I didn't actually market the franchising, to be honest. I just put it out. I got a marketing um, franchise consultant who'd done it all for me, who basically went through everything. Because some things aren't franchisable, are they? Some things are, some mm-hmm. things aren't. And she done all like the prospectus for me, all the financial um, memorandum and what you could earn on year one, year two, year three. All these all the franchise documents and then a franchise um, and then I franchised it. We went um Liverpool, Manchester, Chester, um, Birmingham and Glasgow. So um it was uh, it was just a it was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant journey um starting up and the first few years of it and then stress hit home after that. It was no well I was running a national franchise single handedly. Yeah. I wasn't just running um one business anymore it was five businesses all over the UK although they were franchise owners and they ran their own I I had to at that point any in any like type of marketing materials that they would order I had to have a system that they ordered it through that tracked you know if they were actually marketing you know for business purposes because someone could say oh I done this show and it didn't work or I didn't get a customer or whatever and you and then that helps you to be able to help the franchisees but you it's know, well, a brand that you've built from nothing as well. So you've got to take your interest to draw a baby, isn't it? It's like you don't want these people coming forward and to be quite honest, fucking it up, do you? Well, no. And I think I found through it, I met some amazing people on yeah. that journey. But what I did realise through the process is that um, things change. So say, for instance, now there'll be like printers printer companies say for instance who always used to sell flyers but now everyone's going to a graphic designer and getting flyers done on flower flyers done online so that print yeah. business is obviously going to lose money and change in time and the problem yeah. is i think when you haven't come in entrepreneurial you've got to be ready to adapt to change and you've got to constantly change to be able to keep ahead haven't you absolutely you've got to think on your feet because something beyond your control like you can be running your business and something can change and outside influence can change and change your whole business it's like shit you've got to get up that next day and you've got to adapt very very quickly yeah definitely definitely and I think I found that when 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 people buy a franchise they they want it to stay exactly how it was when they bought it but that's it's impossible isn't it in business you don't evolve do they 
No, no, you've got to be quick, haven't you? Constantly, all the time, making changes and just keeping up with outside things that are happening. So what happened next with that? Did you feel, how did you feel that? Like, because you stopped it, didn't you? Like you just said, I've had enough, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, definitely. Um, throughout the process, um, I added um, different things to the business model as we have to, you know, try and new things all the time. Some things worked, some things didn't. Um, but I think it, it was very difficult for me to try and implement changes because people wasn't comfortable with changes being made. And obviously when changes are being made, money's being lost as well. So you, you can understand frustrations on the other side, but it wasn't sort of, I was just trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying, but felt like I was in a battle. Yeah. Um, and I ended up getting really, really sick. Um, yeah, throughout that um, process. And uh, it just got to the point where I was just like, you know what, I'm working 24 hours a day seven days a week and it's not healthy so your illness was through to stress wasn't it yeah my illness was um was through stress and I think at that time when I I got to that point I just had to ask myself like is this life <laughs> like it was never ever going to end for me because five cities wasn't my goal my goal was global and I already had, I already had the Philippines, um, Spain. I already had applications for new franchises for other countries. And I was in the middle of getting um, all the currency and everything changed on the website. And I just thought, I'm in the UK now with these five companies and I'm having these issues. I had a choice at that point. Do I continue and sell the franchises globally? Or do I just shut it down? And where I was then, I wasn't, I wasn't able to... I wouldn't have sold another franchise because we were going through changes. Yeah. So it was um it was just a difficult time and I had to make a decision. But I think um I found I was going a different direction um internally at that point as well. It became I feel like as well at that point, Liz, I feel like you chose health over finance. I was thinking, do you know what? I'm just making myself ill with this. Yeah, well, at that point, um I lost everything to say to for me to shut it. I had to accept that I was going to be bankrupt. Oh. Um, and I sort of, um, I didn't actually register as bankrupt, but I may as well have. <laughs> um, I lost I lost everything at that point. But... Um, How did it, that make you feel, Liz, from going from just being on the point of selling your franchise globally, you know, all over the world, you've got people coming to you, to being bankrupt? How did that make you feel? I feel um, at that time, I knew it was going to kill me. And if I'm being honest, it did kill me because, as you know, I've put everything and all my life into my work. That's my thing, isn't it? Like, I've, that's been where that's my... Baby. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like, I, um, I've put everything, everything into that. So to lose that, I felt, and I know it sounds far, but I felt like I'd lost a child. Oh. I basically merged I didn't have a, a, a separate identity to the business because I've been in it for that long and on the same thing my identity was the business so when the business went I didn't know who I was anymore did you get did you hit depression or, or what did you what would happen then um I feel like I was in like uh I was just I think I was numb because I didn't really know what was going on with me 
because I, I, that was my whole vision, my whole life vision. I knew where it was going in five years. I knew where I was going in 10 years. And it's like just having all of that just taken away from you. And you're like, where do I go now? Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, it was definitely, definitely one of my lowest points because, I mean, I didn't mean to happen. What happened? Nobody did. You know, it was just one of them things. But for me, it was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? And as I as I was actually, um, as I decided to close that business, I'd started another element inside of the business before I closed it, and it was a kids' club. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, when I was closing it, I was asking myself every day, I kept a journal and I was asking myself how I feel. So when I'd work on each part of the business, I was writing down how I felt because I knew that I wasn't all there mentally because I was that focused and I was up against it and my back was against the wall and I I had to come through. I wasn't acknowledging my own feelings and how I felt and actually getting connected with myself. So I started writing things down and I noticed how I was feeling when I was doing one side to when I was doing the new side. And I was only happy when I was doing the new element. So I created a new business from there with just that new element in. So from the pain and everything else and from being torn down to like rock bottom, you 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 started another business from that. Yeah. Which is amazing, Liz. It's amazing that you could come back fighting, come back with something else, even in them dark, dark times. So not only did was you doing that, you went back into education as well, didn't you? Yeah. Well, when um when we were doing the model journeys on one of the days, it was the Kids Confidence Day. And I knew that that was the part that I loved out of LMI the most. And yeah. I knew it was the part where the kids got the most from. Although I loved the big shows and the runway, I knew that that was creating real change. So the new area that I created was a kids club called Best Self Club. And as I was running the Best Self Club days, that was where I felt most alive. And you know what? It was like I was helping the kids, but it wasn't. They were helping me through my darkest days. And every time I would see them, they would fill me up. And like they'd say, thank you. And I was like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Just I'm just going to put my hands up now and say, I'm around my kids and I don't get that from them. (laughs) Me mom, mom, scream and fight. And so it must be so enjoyable to be around kids and to feel that. So that tells me you've got such a great connection with children. Oh my God, it's, I absolutely love, love, love working with the kids. I love it. It's where I feel alive. It's where my inner child comes out as well. And I actually feel like I'm doing something. Like yeah. I'm meant to do it. It's a vocation, isn't it? You actually yeah. went away and went to work in a school abroad. Tell us about that, Liz. Yeah, um, after I'd started the new club for the kids, a year in, I, um, I went to um, Ghana around Christmas time and volunteered in the schools and I ran the club over there in Ghana and it was just like an incredible experience even I would say the things I would say to the children and then there was teachers there who um were interpreting things and then the kids were copying and it was it was just a magical experience to have Oh, that is so cute. Can I just add as well to all the listeners? I was talking to our other friend Carla this morning on the phone. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm interviewing Liz in a minute. She was like, oh God, what are you going to ask her? I was like, I don't actually know Carla because Liz is the most random person you have ever met in your living life. She'll ring you up and go, I love you. Go, I babe, you're all right. Yeah, I'm just on my way with the airport. Where are you going? I don't know. What do you mean now? I don't know. I'll just decide when I get there. Here we go, Liz, on my own. She is so 
fucking random. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, where are you going, Liz? I'm just going to Ghana. Ghana? What for? Uh, I'm going to go and work in a school there. She, <laughs> honestly, you couldn't fucking write it. And that is the God's honesty. <laughs> Just look and go, oh, what's fucking Looney Tunes up to me now? <laughs> oh, random isn't in it. So why? So you goes over there, you help the kids, you come up, you come back and you focus on Best Self Club. Tell me how this developed. So basically, as I was starting the kids club with Best Self Club, I knew that over the past, I'd had coaching qualifications for 10 years anyway. Um, and I'd, I'd had another business where I'd done bits of coaching and I'd always enjoyed that. Um, but I hadn't really went full into it. And I knew that if it, this was something that I was going to do, that I needed to get more education in that area because I found I was helping children with anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah. There was loads and loads of different things going on. And I just thought to myself, no, you need to like focus now. And obviously I'd struggled academically and I did left school with no GCSEs. And I thought, mm, what am I going to do here? <laughs> Oh you feel like when you just said there's a great point you've just picked up then you said helping children with anxiety did you feel like you were going back and it was you as a child is that what was that was that a part of your drive it feels like it's me every single time mm. I feel like I I feel like I'm going back every time I see a child who is struggling with something it takes me right back to my my experience and that's why I get so much fulfillment from doing it because yeah. I feel like, I know it sounds like far, but I feel like all my pain I went through and I had to go through because I believe that I was put here to do this. Oh, and it makes me feel like purpose in it. There's purpose in it. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't get any better purpose, though. You couldn't, mm. you really couldn't to be able, we're going to move on to this in a minute, like your inner child, but I suppose being able to go back and help these children to know how they actually felt but be able to assist them and get them out of it must be the most wonderful feeling ever do you know what it's the most fulfilling thing that I had a little sneak peek of when I had the last business in them days and I was asking myself if you could do everything every day money wasn't um a, a thing you know what would you do every single day if you could do something every single day, what would you do? And the answer was kids club. Yeah. And that's why I started it because I knew that was where I could make the most change and where I felt best. So at that point, wow, I'd closed that business. I was going through, I'd lost everything. Um, I took myself to um, university and I said, uh, I need to come here and uh, do a degree, but I've got no GCSEs. And they were like, okay. Um, so I went and I'd done, a, um, I'd done a fast track course, which is a six week course that's equivalent to an A-level. Wow. So when I was building the kids club, I went back and done this course and then I took my GCSEs again. Mm. So I'd done that and then I got onto a psychology degree then from there. Amazing. And what, how was you doing in it? How have you done in it? Um, well, I've almost completed the second year of that now. Um, so yeah I've found through I through going back to education I then found out I was dyslexic and I've sort of spoken up at that point and being like this education system is supposed to be inclusive I'm dyslexic how are you going to help me you know like I'm not like nine anymore like I'm actually like what what are you doing to help me through this process so like I've been and spoke to like the head of departments and stuff like that. And they do have a lot of things in place. Like I have a little pen that you put over the book and it reads out the book for you. Yeah, but I, 
yeah and I have like different colors that I put on the pages of books because I can't see a normal page the words move and when I write I leave letters and words out so like even on Instagram on my stories all my spellings all everywhere <laughs> but ah. it's just a part of the dyslexia like yeah. you miss words out your brain's too fast now, if your brain is too fast that's one thing we all know girl yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we're we're the creative side Remember the Tasmanian More. devil? That's what she was like. It's like, whoa, let's slow down. It just works super fast. So it's it's like it misses words out because it's all over your head. Oh my God. So you've gone on to university. You're doing all of this. You've done so much work on yourself. How did you know you wanted to work with adults now? Um, well, I feel like um, through my own journey that I've been on over the past few years, I've had to... Um, use the coaching qualifications that I had before I went and got my GCSEs I actually went back and refreshed all my coaching qualifications and they also done an NLP practitioner course because yeah. I just wanted to brush up on everything I knew the direction I was heading in so while I was building I went and brushed up on everything else and um at that time um I basically healed all my childhood wounds mm. uh, myself and mm. I recreated my whole life so I had this ideal of who I was and what my life would be and then that vanished. So I had to create a new life and I got into learning about how to do that. And then from there, I ended up creating books to help people do what I had done. And then I ended up going into one-to-one uh, -one clients. And then from there, it was going into online programs. So if I'm honest, it, it just sort of organically grew. Because when I had the last coaching business, when I had LMI, I only done little bits of it, but I did used to coach adults as well at that point. Yeah, okay. So it's just organically grew and sometimes it's just like I've been to places in my career and thought, how did I just get here? And you don't mm -hmm. want to so you're just like, oh, no. I just landed here and this is where I am now and I'm just gonna ride it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time, honestly. So why do you think that it's so important equipping people with coping mechanisms? Um well, for one, our brain is programmed from when we're born to when we're age seven. Yeah. And we lose connection with our inner child around age eight. We lose most of our creativity from the ages eight to 12. We've all got these, these programs in our mind that we've been conditioned when we were a child. So if we don't rewrite them programs from birth to seven, we basically live our old adult life as a seven year old child. Tell me a little bit about inner child for people who've never heard of it. Tell me what it is. So basically, your inner child is, um, there's a small us inside of all of us. Mm. And, you know, the, you know, the way we talk to ourselves, yeah. it, like, it really, really, really matters because you're not actually talking to you. You're talking to the little you that's inside you. So would you say the things to a child that you say to yourself? As in what? Like, say, for instance, you, you've had a bad day and you go, oh, my God, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Why have you done? You know, that thing that we do yeah. to ourselves and we talk. We need to start thinking that imagine yourself as a five-year-old child. And when you're talking, imagine you're talking to that version of you, not the adult version. Because mm -hmm. inside of us all is a small child that is crying out for time, love, attention and connection. And when we connect back to our inner child, that's where we can heal any wounds and we can create new patterns. 
Oh, I get it. I totally get it. I've done a bit of work on the inner child as well, and it's it's absolutely amazing. You wouldn't even believe it until you've actually tried it and done it. It's just so it blows it blew my mind to be honest. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's yeah. it's it is. It's just like wow. But it really does change, doesn't it? How you how you think about yourself. Absolutely. I'm all about loving myself, you know, me like fucking yeah. adore myself. So you don't have to tell me I'm like, ah, I'm the best. Yeah. But that, I think that that's how you get there, isn't it? You can't, there's enough people in the world to be so strong. Don't oh, be absolutely. It's like it's the day I've just done the stupidest thing that I could possibly do. It's International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day, darling. Woo! And um, someone had just texted me to say there's a story on the Echo website. So we've just went on the Echo and it's the top story on the Echo. And where I've just the comments are on. And I, why? Why I've just done it? Because I never ever do this. I've just clicked on it. And I'm getting slated already. It's about Sisterhood HQ. It's about what I'm trying to do and build women up and everything else. And I'm getting slated. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Oh, my God. You know what? I mean, what's inside us is what overflows, isn't it? Oh, Liz, I just think that there's enough negativity and there's enough hatred and everything else in the world. Why bring more to the table? What's going on? Be nice. Be kind. If you haven't got nothing nice to say, shut the fuck up. Yeah, that is my help mentality. Anything, yeah, don't say anything. And I think how we view the world and what we give out is a massive part of what we have inside of us. So if we all loved and accepted ourselves, we'd give out better, wouldn't we? Yeah, I do think that people are nasty because they hate themselves really inside. 1,000%. Mm. 100 million percent. If anything, um, anyone, anytime anyone sees any, anytime anybody judges or has any envy, or anything, it shows them a lot of what is missing inside of them. So I think as well that like jealousy, my nan used to say this to me all the time, jealousy is the root of all evil. How would you tell people to, if they do have a jealous thought, how would you advise them to overcome that? How, how do you eradicate jealousy from your life? So perfect example, if if you find that you're jealous and mm. you, you feel jealous of something, ask yourself what that person has got that you haven't. Because yeah. you are obviously saying that you want, you want that, whatever it is that they've got, and then work on creating that for yourself. Okay. That's a brilliant tip, that Liz. So try to be jealous. Otherwise, isn't it? Yeah, that is it. And so would you, so if someone's feeling an emotion, so let's say you're feeling angry, at what would how do you how do you calm yourself down? Right. So anger is a sign of need and love. so we could start anything that we need we can give to ourselves so if we if we feel anger it could be that our self-care is low that we haven't been you know given enough time to ourselves and nurturing ourselves so we go back to the inner child again every child needs two things discipline and nature and this is the form of reparenting ourselves so a lot of people will be very disciplined and go about the day but then they won't have the nature side now you need both to balance. People will have too much nature and not enough discipline. So nature will be saying to yourself after a bad day, do you know what? I'm really proud of you today. I know you didn't get everything done, but you've done what you could and that's okay. Whereas discipline will be getting up the next day and going, no, you had a day off yesterday. Now sit down, it's creating structure. It's about making plans. It's about setting goals and giving yourself some sort of discipline. It's like being a mum and dad to yourself. Do you think that by working on yourself makes you a better parent can make you a better parent as well? I, I think it's the only way. So yeah. Yeah. Now my my mission is for the children 
but I know that I cannot complete my mission to change the generations unless we all start with us first. Because no matter what you do with children, we then go home, don't we? And if a parent's not feeling that good about themselves, or then that's going to show, isn't it? I know, absolutely. So being the woman that you are today with all of this knowledge and all of this education and being like a pioneer in all of this, that's what you are. You're, you know, you're leading the way. If you could go back to you as a child, what would you tell yourself? How would you tell yourself to, what would you say? I'd say, I've got you. That's what I'd say. Don't worry, I've got you. Hug yourself, hug her. Yeah, because as a child, you look for outside sources to help, don't you? And if the outside sources aren't there, you feel alone, but you forget that you've got yourself. I know, because it can be lonely. It must feel lonely, mustn't it? Yeah, definitely, but you've got yourself. And I think having that faith and belief in yourself as as you get older and you're able to make your own choices and things like that, because obviously as a child, you can't. Mm. I would have said to myself, I've got you. And that's how I speak to my inner child now. I put my hands on my chest. And if I have a bad day, I say, I've got you. Oh, that's so cute. And I connect with my inner child because our inner child's inside of us. And that's yeah. sometimes all that they need when we have a strop or a meltdown or we act out of character. That's not us. That's our inner child kicking off saying, why are you doing everything for everyone else? What about me? Yeah, absolutely. So you've wrote books as well, Liz. You're now an author. I know. Tell us a little bit about your books. So basically, there's um, a book for adults and a book for children. And it's all based around emotional intelligence and managing our thoughts, our emotions and learning about psychology and understanding of ourselves. Now, I believe it's a crime that we wasn't taught about us in school. Like the things I've learned, I'm like, if I was learned that as a child, oh my God, it would have saved me so much time and effort. And the adult book is what I use to recreate my own life. So the two books are workbooks. Obviously I'm dyslexic, so the books won't be loads of writing. There'll be lots of images and pictures and you can write in it. They're more like workbook types. Um, And I use the children's ones with the kids and I use the adult ones with adults, but they're on Amazon and they're now being sold worldwide. The most popular country at the moment, um, Washington and Hawaii. I've got the biggest And now I've done no marketing at all. And I was like, how did they find me? Isn't that amazing? I, hmm? That is fantastic. It's like a browser of you every day. <laughs> I've just had it on video before and I've just had to turn it off because the face was was that crystal clear that it was annoying me. I was like, I'm tearing you off. I don't want to look at you today. It was my jealousy coming out. <laughs> I've got something. I, she's got something I want here, bleeding skin. <laughs> it's like, right. Piss off, I don't want to look at you. So you've done this thing called a circle list. Tell me all about this. So basically, as I was going through my process of starting my journey of recreating myself two years ago, I'd done that on my own. I didn't have a place where I could go. I didn't know about healing as much. I didn't know, although I've studied psychology for 15 years and done it all, I didn't know how to go through the process myself personally. And I didn't have a support network to help me. Now, a lot of people don't realise that healing is what they need. Yeah. Um, So healing, trauma and trauma and things like that can show up in the likes of self-sabotage when you say you're going to do something and you don't do it. It can show up in procrastination when you, you, you're just saying 
you know, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it and never do. It can show up in people pleasing. You can't say no, you resist change, codependency, always apologising, searching for outside validation. That is all a sign that healing needs to happen. Okay. And the circle is basically a place for people to just be vulnerable and just be like, this is what I feel. This is what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing it. So it's the circle has got a vault in it and the vault has got basically all my knowledge of the past 15 years in one minute clips, videos. Wow. So you can go on and click forgiveness. If anybody's got, if anybody needs to forgive, then they're blocking their own blessings because it, it, it's not a good feeling that we hold inside of us and we want to be able to radiate love and that's what we receive. So it's like click on forgiveness or it's click on lift me up or I'm feeling down or morning message. So there's like a vault of all the different things within psychology in there. And then there's also um, weekly lives. So every Friday at 7.30, we have like a calendar and there's a topic every single week. So last week we done psychology attachment styles, learning about what attachment style that we are that is created when we're a child that shows up in our relationships now. And then you just book onto the lives of a Friday and choose topics. And we've just got like a community of people. So what is it? It's like a, a subscription? You, you yeah. become part of the community? Yeah, it's a monthly subscription. So the circle is you, you pay monthly for it. It's £25. You can cancel at any time. Yeah. And there's a live every single Friday with different topics. All the topics about us are yeah. just about us and our growth that's what they're about even like there's goal setting there's manifesting there's um, how to create a, a, a routine then there's the healing like there's so everything that we need all together in life really that's what it's about and there's like bonus downloads and worksheets and stuff for people in there as well and you've got a little offer for any sisterhood hq listeners haven't you yeah yeah i was going to do um a, a free trial so you can go on for oh. a and you can join the live as well on the Friday and just see what it's about, you know. And then, you know, if it's for you, you can join up. And if it's not, you can just cancel. Do you know what, girls? You've got absolutely nothing to lose. The way Liz has talked about where her journey and where she's come from and how important all of this. Why don't you just log on for a week, have a little go, have a little nose round and see is that something that can help you? And I guarantee it will help you. Guaranteed. Yeah, I found from the one-to-one -one program that I've run, like I've had the results back and I was just like, I couldn't have prayed for anything better. And that's exactly what the one-to-one -one program is. It's basically like the things that we do in the circle, but it's more work and one-to-one. -one. Um, and I don't like percentages, obviously, because I'm into science. I like to know like facts and figures. And there was um, a question of, do you know who you are? And 29% before said, um, yes, whereas after it was 86. Wow. And now there was, do you know your purpose? 21% said, yeah, after they said 93, are you truly yeah. happy? Before was zero and after was 100%. Wow, that is amazing. Absolutely yeah, so I'm really enjoying it, making the change, you know, and, and sharing what has helped me. Absolutely. So what's next for Liz for sure? Oh, my goodness. Well, in May, I am off to um, Barbados. How random again? Tell everyone this. This is going off to Barbados on air. Um, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. I've been, um, I've been.
been working throughout, I've been in isolation basically for a year, working on getting the circle up, um, working on the one-to-one programs, all my online things, so that um, now I'm at a point where I'm like, everything's online now, so I can basically be anywhere, and I love to be by the ocean, and I've got a lot of book ideas that are in my mind that I really, really want to create, and I know that if I take me play, myself to that place, I'll be able to, you know, to get the writing stuff done that I want to do, so I'm going to Barbados in May, up to now, it's for a year, so I'm actually selling up everything here and I'm just going to see what happens. Maybe I'll stay, maybe I'll come home, maybe I'll go somewhere else, I don't know. And that's just the best way to be. So do you know when you see all my pictures on Instagram where I'm in Barbados, you know I'll be here because I'll be out less, I'll be over in a couple of days to see <laughs> Yeah, I'm planning already. Like, oh yeah, well when we go over to Barbados to see Liz, <laughs> we're like, oh yeah, let's go. Well, yeah, we've got somewhere to go now. <laughs> Is tell everyone how they can find you on social media and stuff. Um, my Instagram is Liz Forshaw. That's uh, my Instagram. I'm going to start um, a YouTube channel. I've been threatening to do it, but that's Liz Forshaw too. Yeah. Wow, amazing. And how can the people get log on to the circle? Um, if you click in the link in my bio, you will see the circle um, monthly membership. And I will get um, a discount code over to you Kate maybe so if we just use sisterhood I think that'll probably be easier could you use that card um Liz? yeah yeah sisterhood yeah the, the discount code will be sisterhood so you just put amazing that. Liz for sure thank you so much for being so open so honest and sharing your journey with me and all our listeners and we wish you all the luck love in the world thank you thank you thank so you much God, I love you thank you love you